Good morning. You made it. Daylight savings. Honest speaking, though, how many of you thought you were coming to the first service? Okay, well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We're in our series, Helping Hands. And by the way, we have these awesome, beautiful invitation cards around the room, Helping Hands. So when you're out in public, you can say, hey, you've been so helpful. We're doing a series at our church called Helping Hands. I want to invite you to come. And at the top, it has our theme verse, serve one another humbly in love. Last week, we saw what does it mean to serve one another What does it mean to have the heart of a servant, a heart like Jesus? By the way, if you missed last week's message, I want to invite you to check it out online. Go to bcfchurch.com. This week, we're going to look at how to offer a helping hand, how to serve those who are closest to us, our own family. I want you to hear from a mom in our church and how her son offered her a helping hand when she needed it the most. I was diagnosed early March of 2001 with breast cancer. And I was also told I needed surgery immediately. On March 9th of 2001, I had a mastectomy. After the surgery, the doctor had Uh, told me that I would not be able to do much of anything. I did not expect that my son, John, would leave school and uh, take it upon himself to take care of me. John had (laughs) two of his friends and those two crazy girls would come and put my makeup on. It was fun. John would do my hair, sort of. Uh, And then I had my uh, niece would come and help me bathe and get my clothes on. John used to sleep on the floor next to me so that he could get up and change my bandages and drain the post-op disc type things that I had connected to my side. Uh, They had to be emptied out every four hours. Then came the day that I had to go back to work. And uh, I wondered, John, aren't you going back to college? And he says, no, not, not right now. So he went to work with me every single day. And he would just sit there across from my desk, carry files, move boxes, do whatever needed to be done. All this time, uh, John just would not leave my sight. And I was just uh, amazed that my son, who was only 19 at the time, was able to do so much and give up part of his schooling so that he could take care of me. That meant a lot to me because I had never had care like that before from anybody. That's what he did for me. On March the 9th of This year, I have been 21 years cancer-free. And I see my doctor once a year, every year, uh, just to make sure that I stay that way. And my son, John, is the one uh, that takes me to the doctor every year. 
what would you give to serve your family? What would you sacrifice to offer a helping hand to those who are closest to you? Would you give your time, your, your energy? Would you give your, of your money? The Bible says serve one another humbly in love. Do you want a household that is full of peace? Children who, who love and respect you. A husband or wife who doesn't nag, who doesn't ignore you. God says, here's the secret. Here is what is going to transform your home. Serve one another, and it starts with you. How do I do this? How do I offer a helping hand at home? I want you to take out your programs. We're going to be reading from the Bible in Colossians, the Bible book of Colossians, chapter 3, starting with verse 18. Now, for those of you watching online, your host will post some links in the chat. And by the way, if you're watching online, thank you so much for joining us. Please say hello in the chat. Your host would love to know that you are watching with us. Colossians 3.18. Now, I have to warn you, this next verse, the Bible uses some strong language. The S word. Submit. Here's what the Bible says. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And I know submit, that sounds like kind of an ugly word, like, oh, submit. When my wife and I got married 13 years ago, and before the ceremony, we're looking at the vows, and the vow she was supposed to say was, I vow to submit to my husband. And she's like, oh, submit, that's such a uh, hard word. Can we change it? She vowed to follow me. But you know what? That word submit is not a bad word. It simply means to line up under. It does mean to follow. Wives, serve your husband by letting him lead. Now, I want you to notice God is talking to the wives when he says submit, when he says follow. This is something you have to do for yourself. Nowhere in the Bible does God command husbands to bring your wife into submission. No, he says, wives, this is a choice you have to make. Choosing to follow, choosing to let him lead, this is something you have to do for yourself. Now, for our singles out here, before you tune out like, oh, he's not talking to me, the truth is, husband or wife, man or woman, married or single, all of us have to submit to someone. I am the father, I am the husband, but I have to submit to the government. And all of us must submit to Jesus Christ. All of us have to say, Jesus, I will follow you. So as you listen to this right now, I want you to think, who is God asking me to follow? Who is God asking me to allow to lead me? Serve your husband by letting him lead in your home. It's a choice. And by the way, you might be saying, well, well, what if he's not a leader? What if my husband is not leading me spiritually? What if you're here by yourself and he's at home and you're saying, how am I supposed to follow his leadership? I want to share with you something today. Wives, you have the position of the greatest 
power in your household. You have the power of influence. How many of you remember that great classic movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? I want you to see this clip. My dad is so stubborn. What he says goes. Oh, the man is the head of the house. Let me tell you something, Tula. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants. It's funny because it's true. You have the power of influence, the power to make a wise appeal. You can say, look, babe, I'm trusting God to lead you, lead our family through you. Now, I believe this is what we should do, but I am trusting God to lead through you. And that's going to get his attention. He's going to be like, whoa, God's leading through me? Uh, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? Give him space to lead. My wife and I, we learned early in our marriage that we needed to do this because my wife, she is a natural leader. And if there is space, if, if no one else is taking the lead, my wife will take the lead. And me, I'm a natural follower. I would much rather follow someone. That's my natural tendency. But you know what? Our natural tendencies are not always the best for us. See, guys, husbands, God has called us. He has created us to lead. And my wife and I realized when she led and I followed, it didn't work. She resented it. Even as a natural leader, she resented it because deep in her soul, she knew, I want my husband to lead me spiritually. So what do you do? Here's a phrase I want you to learn. I am trusting God to lead our family through you. Now notice, I am trusting God. Now, you might be saying, well, I don't know if I trust this guy to lead me. But you're saying, God, I'm trusting that you are powerful enough to lead our family through him. And you might notice in the Bible, in that verse, it says, as those who belong to Christ. This does not mean blindly following him into sin. If your husband is saying, I believe we should uh, use all our money to buy lottery tickets. Well, obviously, you're going to say, sweetheart, I love you. I respect you but I believe that would be sin. It's not blindly following, it's using the power of influence. The best way to serve your husband is let him lead. Now maybe you're saying, well, what if my husband is depressed and it's hard for him just to get out of bed in the morning and he just can't lead? You can speak life into your husband by praising him. Just finding that littlest thing to praise. Now, you do have to be honest. You can't be making this up. But just finding that smallest thing to say, honey, you're doing so well at this. That breathes life into a man. It changes a man. I want to hear from my wife that I'm doing well. Now, I could hear from all of you saying, hey, you did such a great job preaching today. But I want to hear from my wife. That breathes life into me. And what is praised gets repeated. Maybe he mowed the lawn, and you're like, well, that's his job. He's the man. He mows the lawn. No, praise him for that. Say, thank you so much for doing this. 
This, this makes me feel so cared for. And believe me, he's going to make sure that lawn stays mowed. Thank you so much for washing my car. That makes me feel so loved. He's going to make sure that car stays washed. Why? Because praise breathes life into a man. Serve your husband by allowing him to lead. Let God transform your husband by praising him. Now next, God speaks to us husbands. Colossians 3.19, husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly. Now, if you have a pen or a pencil, I want you to underline that phrase, never treat them harshly. Husbands, are you ever harsh with your wife? I know sometimes I speak from experience. I feel like I'm reacting to her. She's speaking a certain way to me, and I'm just reacting to her. And from her perspective, she's reacting to me. And so we're reacting to each other, and I speak harshly. God says, don't treat your wives harshly. Sometimes it means you have to take a breath. And I think, oh, I just need to say this to her. No, don't. Take a breath, pause, come back to it later when you are calm. The things I want to say in anger, if I say them, it never helps. Serve your wife by loving her sacrificially and gently. Now, sacrificially, I want to go back to that word, love your wives. That word love, it's not an emotion. Love is sacrifice. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 25, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. How did Jesus Christ love the church? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. God loved us so much, he sent Jesus. And Jesus loved us so much, he died on the cross so that you and I could be washed clean. That's love. I remember many years ago, I was talking with a friend of mine, and he was planning on getting a divorce. And as he was sharing with me how he... He didn't feel love for his wife anymore. She didn't love him anymore. He said something that just chilled me to the bone. He said, don't I deserve to be happy? And I thought about it. What if Jesus said that about you and me? Do I love him enough? Do I love her enough to die for them? Don't I deserve to be happy? Happiness is not getting nailed to a cross, tortured and executed. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, I love them so much. And when he died on the cross, he was saying, this is how much I love you. Love is sacrifice. Now, thankfully, God does not usually ask us to literally die for our wives. But he does say, lay down your life. Sacrifice. Sacrifice means putting her needs before my own. Maybe you feel like, hey, I just got off work. I'm going to go to the bar and drink with my buddies before I come home. Sacrificing is saying, I'm going to go straight home to my wife because she needs me. 
Sacrificing means giving up my hobbies for her. You know, we, we, we have these expensive hobbies, hunting, fishing. For me, gaming. And if you don't believe that that's an expensive hobby, it is. Maybe it's watching, watching sports. And I'm not saying our hobbies are bad or evil, but do I love my wife more than I love my hobby? Sometimes, you know, after a long day, I've been thinking in my head all day, when the kids go to bed, I'm going to go to space. I'm going to play some video games. I've been planning this in my head. This is me time. And my wife says, hey, I want to talk to you. Let's watch a movie together. I'm like, oh. Now, I know I love her more than video games, but am I showing it? Am I willing to sacrifice me time for her? Guys, are you willing to sacrifice the remote to her? Let her pause the movie and ask questions. Love is sacrifice. Sometimes love means giving up those things that you know are crushing her soul. You know when you drink, that every time you use drugs, you know that when you look at pornography, it breaks her inside. And she shouldn't have to tell you to give these things up. Do you love her enough to say, I need help? I want to invite you to celebrate recovery. We meet right here Friday nights at 7 o'clock. If you have a habit that you just can't let go of, if you have hurts deep inside, I want you to come and find healing here. Say, I love my family enough to come and find healing. Guys, sometimes sacrifices is saying, I want to serve you, but I don't know how. You know, when I come home from work, I can say, sweetheart, what can I do to serve you right now? And she might say, I need help with dinner or folding the clothes, or helping the kids with homework, and it makes me want to pull my hair out. Love is sacrifice. Love your wife by sacrificing for her gently. Now next, God talks to the kids. Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. By the way, the word children here, it doesn't necessarily mean little kids. It simply means offspring. So this includes adult children living at home. Obey your parents. In Bible times, there was often a whole household living together, mom and dad and adult children all living together, a lot like today, actually. <laughs> children, serve your parents by listening to them. Your parents, whatever their flaws, whatever their failures, they want to see you succeed in life. My dad and my mom, they brag about all four of us. My older sister's a teacher. My, my younger brothers are a firefighter and a policeman. And, and it kind of sounds like a joke. A, a teacher, a pastor, a policeman, a firefighter walk into a church. That's us. But my parents, they're proud of all of us. They say, oh, that's my son. He's the firefighter. My daughter's a teacher. My son's a policeman. Oh, that's my, my son, the pastor. They are proud of us. They want to see us succeed. Your, your parents want to see you succeed. If you're an adult child living at home, 
honoring your parents, serving them means following their rules. My wife and I were, one of our dear friends is a single mom. She's raising a teenage daughter and she is living with her older parents. And recently when we had our mission trip to Reynosa, her dad came to her and said, look, I, I really don't want you to go on this trip. I, I, he couldn't even put into words why he felt the way he did, but he said, please, please don't go on this trip. And there were tears in his eyes. Now, she could have said, Dad, I'm a grown woman. I can do what I want. I'm going to go on this trip. And those of us who went on the trip, we got there, we came back safely. And I don't know what would have happened if she had ignored her dad, but she didn't. She listened to him. Because whatever happened with us in Reynosa, I know one thing, her teenage daughter is watching her, seeing, is she going to honor mom and dad? Is she going to live out the things she's telling me? Honor your parents, listen to them. Now, if you're not living at home, things change a little bit. When my wife and I got married 13 years ago, and we moved, I moved out of the home, we moved into our first rental together, things changed. Now we are our own family unit. We make the decisions for our household. But now I still listen to my parents' counsel. My dad likes to visit me in the church office. He'll come by every couple of weeks. And this past week, he stopped by and, and he asked me, hey, are you safe here? Of course I'm safe. I mean, it's a church office. But he's been reading about how evil people have been doing evil things in churches and church offices and hurting people. And my dad wants to know, am I safe? So I was able to, to ask and I was able to tell him, yes, dad, I am safe. There are members of our team during the week in the church office who are able to protect and defend us. And Sunday mornings, we have our member service team. There are men and women here today who are ready to protect and defend should the worst happen here. My dad wants to know, am I safe? Yes, I am a grown man with a beard. And my dad still wants to know, are you safe? I listen to him. Children, serve your parents by listening to them. Husbands, serve your wife by gently sacrificing for her. Wives, serve your husband by letting him lead. And the last family group God speaks to are the parents. Parents, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Now, that word aggravate, it means to cause them to be angry, to stir up anger, to make them resentful. And one way that parents do that is by being hypocrites by living one way and are telling our children to live a different way? Do you tell your children to be honest and truthful, but you're telling lies? Do you tell them read their Bibles, but you're not reading your Bible? That aggravates our children. That discourages them. Don't aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Number four, serve your children by encouraging them. Mom, Dad, you have the power to breathe life or death into your sons and daughters, and it's through your words. 
Proverbs says the tongue can bring death or life. Not too long ago, I was in the Walmart parking lot. It's a great place to hang out. <laughs> and I happened to overhear, I couldn't help but overhear a mom in a nearby vehicle screaming at her child in her car, calling him a stupid son of a biscuit. Only she didn't say biscuit. And I was shocked, and I was, I was outraged, but I was also sad. Because she's telling her son he's stupid. And I'm thinking, he's going to grow up. And if he's hearing you're stupid over and over, he is going to believe he is stupid. Maybe you've heard that saying, sticks and stones could break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie. Words hurt far more than sticks and stones. Words can leave far deeper scars. Mom and dad, breathe life into your children. Praise them. Build them up. A couple weeks ago, my son Jack went to the regional spelling bee. And he was in the top 12 spellers. He actually placed 11th. Yeah, he was the shortest little guy there. And he is super... Thank you. Thank you. My son is super competitive. So even though he's in the top 12, he's the 11th place, when he got out, he was upset. He, there were tears in his eyes. He was ready to leave. He's feeling like, oh, I can't believe I misspelled this word. And my wife and I had to breathe life into him. We had to say, Jack, you are so smart. You did so well. Top 12. Could, Wow, that's amazing. And you can go back next year, and everything you learned this year is only going to help you. And he started to, okay, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this again. Breathe life into your children. This is why in the Bible you will see men and women speaking blessings over their children because our words have power. In the Bible, one father, Jacob, prayed this over his son, Joseph. He said, may the God of your father help you. May the Almighty bless you with the blessings of heaven above and the blessings of the watery depths below. May my fatherly blessings on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors. Can you imagine praying that for your children? May God bless you. May he give you everything in the heavens. May he give you everything in the seas below. May your blessings, may you be more blessed than I was. Speak blessings. Every weekday as I drop my kids off at school and we're in the line to drop them off, I'll pray this prayer. I'll say this blessing from Numbers, 20, Numbers 6, 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And as I'm driving, I, I reach back and I, I put my hand on each of their heads. And one's like right behind me here. And I, I make this my practice. Why? Because I want God to bless them. I want God to keep them, keep them safe from evil. I want them to know that Jesus is smiling at them. I want God to give them peace. So I pray a blessing over them. Speak life into your kids and be affectionate with them. Now, I know in our culture, especially dads, we feel like we got to toughen up our sons. Like, hey, don't cry. Men don't cry. Don't be a sissy. Don't do that. 
Guys, we have to speak life into our sons. If you say that to your son, what you're telling him is be tough, be mean, being sensitive is bad. And guys, we need a little sensitivity. My wife had to tell me recently that I needed to be affectionate with our son. Now, it's easy for me with our daughters to hug them and kiss them and cuddle with them, but with my son, not so much. My wife noticed this and she said, you need to hug our son. And so now when he comes in for a hug, I'll hold him. This is my son. Dads, we give our sons their man card. We are the ones who tell them, this is what it looks like to be a man. And I want my son to be brave and strong, but also tender and compassionate. Tell your sons, tell your daughters, you are so loving. Tell them you are so brave. Tell them you are beautiful. You are handsome. Don't be afraid to say that because if we don't say that, moms and dads, they're going to be looking for someone else to tell them that. And our words come true. When you tell your son or daughter, you're handsome, you're beautiful, they believe that. That gives them confidence. And guess what? Confidence is attractive. It makes them stand out in a crowd. When you tell your son or daughter, you're so smart, and they're in school, and there's a math problem, and they're ready to give up, they can remember, no, wait, I'm so smart, I can figure this out. When you tell them you are so brave, and they're faced with a scary situation, they remember, no, I'm brave, I can do this. Speak life into your children. Serve one another humbly in love. Now, friends, I've been challenging you this Lent season to serve at least one person each week. And this week, I want to challenge you, serve a member of your own family. In your connection card, my next steps, it says, I will serve. And I want you to circle one. I will serve my husband, my wife, parent, or child. And I want to encourage you, think of the person that is hardest for you to serve. Say, I'm going to serve them. I'm going to serve them by doing this. If telling your husband, I, I trust God to lead you through us. I trust God to lead us through you. Telling your wife, how can I help you? Telling your parents, asking them for advice in a tough situation. Telling your kids you love them, you believe in them, you're proud of them. Serve your family. And one way we can all serve our family, pray for your family. Pray that God would bless them, protect them, give them peace. Pray that God would give you the love you need for them. Pray for your family. Also, pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, God's family, especially our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Earlier we prayed for them. I want you to hear from Samaritan's Purse. They're an organization that offers aid to those who are in crisis, and right now they're helping out in the crisis in Ukraine. I want you to check this out. As the world is watching this war unfold, there's great need here in this part of Ukraine with people flooding out and fleeing the fighting. Samaritan's Purse has responded, and we're going to set up a field hospital right here in this parking garage. We chose this location because this is going to provide some security and safety. The team right now, they're humming, they're working hard. 
That consists of doctors, nurses, electricians, water specialists. But this is a tier two hospital, a surgical capable hospital with ICU. And it's gonna be treating uh, war victims and fighting victims that are coming from uh, the front and surrounding areas, even civilians that have no other place to go. All of our Samaritan's Purse tents and our emergency field hospitals are designed to be set up quickly. We'll be working as fast as we can so that we can help reduce suffering, save lives, and bring the hope of Jesus Christ here to Ukraine. We do this because we love our neighbor. The Ukrainians are in the ditch right now in this war and this conflict. We need peace. When I pray for peace for Ukraine, that's my first prayer. But pray for the safety of our staff. We can't do any of this without your prayers and support. Thank you. Pray for Ukraine. If you'd like to give towards that need, you can give directly to Samaritan's Purse. We have a flyer here in your program. Those of you watching online, your host is going to post a link there in the chat, or you can just scan that QR code to donate and say, I want to give to help. Now, I want to pray for you. I'd like you to bow your heads right now. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, respect the privacy of those around you. I want you to think of one family member that you want to serve this week. Of course, it can be more than one person, but I want you to think of at least one. Whether it's your husband, your wife, a parent, a grandparent, a child. If you are choosing to serve one family member this week, would you raise your hand right now? Because I want to pray for you. Yes. All around the room, moms, dads, children, husbands and wives. Let's pray. I have my hand raised too, by the way. You can lower your hands. Father in heaven, you've called us to serve one another humbly in love. Lord, help us as we offer a helping hand this week. Help us as we humble ourselves and let them lead, let them grow. Help us sacrifice what we want to put them first. Help us to honor them with our words, with our attitudes. Lord, help us to encourage them and bless them. Now I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you. May he be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you. And may he give you peace. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.